Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on www.vhha.com and on popular podcast hosting sites and apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that is pcfpodcast at vhha.com. And today we're pleased to be joined by Eric Raff, who is the director at the Virginia Department for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. For the benefit of our audience, we should disclose that Eric will be communicating with us through an interpreter. Her name is Emily. Our conversation will cover the work of the department, the Virginians it serves, and more. But first, welcome to the program, Eric. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Well, we appreciate it very much. And let's just jump right in. Health data indicates that about 466 million people worldwide have disabling hearing loss, including 34 million children. In Virginia, it's estimated that 3% of the population has some type of hearing loss. And with that high-level background, Eric, please tell us about the Virginia Department for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing and the services it provides to the people it supports. Sure. So the Virginia Department for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing provides services within three different areas. The first is in telecommunication, which includes kind of two main services. The first one is Virginia Relay Service that empowers deaf and hard of hearing individuals or people with hearing loss or even speech disabilities to make phone calls. The second branch of that entity is called Teleassistance Program. And that is where we provide telecommunication equipment to low-income people who cannot afford this otherwise pretty expensive telecommunications equipment. And that allows them to make phone calls as well. Another area where Virginia Department of the Deaf serves is to provide interpreters and real-time captionists. Real-time captionists might be for public meetings or other institutions. Well, with interpreters, we provide interpreters for court, for the legislature, the General Assembly, and for other state agencies. We also do help private businesses look for and procure qualified interpreters if they need. Thirdly, VDBHH does performance diagnostic assessment for interpreters, and that includes feedback on how the interpreters might be able to improve their skills. So that's kind of an overview of our services. Last but not least, we have one area where we call community outreach services, where we respond to requests for information and referrals. So for example, if someone were to need a hearing aid and they were not sure how to get one, they might contact us and we would provide information as to where they could get the hearing aid. And we may also be able to help with some funding assistance. We also have an educational training program where we provide training to state agencies about how they can best provide services and accommodations to deaf and hard of hearing individuals. Well, that's a great overview, and I appreciate that. The COVID-19 pandemic has had a profound effect on everyday life for so many people. I wonder how it's impacted your agency, Eric, and people in the deaf and hard of hearing community, whether that's related to access to interpreting services or the practical barrier that face masks may present to people who might rely on lip reading skills to assist them in communicating with others. In short, how is this crisis complicating communication for people with hearing loss? So the first challenge I would say 
is just to get access to the information about the pandemic at large. There are a lot of videos on the internet out there that don't have captioning or interpreting. The governor's press conference, you've noticed, has interpreters and captioning for deaf and hard of hearing individuals who might be watching to be able to access the information that's going on. Um, And I, I feel like we've made great strides in that area. I would say that the deaf and hard of hearing communities may not know what to expect if they have to go into the hospital. They're not necessarily sure how they would be able to communicate with the staff or the doctors. There are some tools that are out there, but there's a big challenge with the mask. Deaf and hard of hearing people are often frustrated because they can't communicate with other people who are using masks. More and more uh, meetings are happening virtually. And because of that, you know, sometimes, for example, on Zoom or WebEx, Those platforms may not be accessible. They don't include captioning or they may not think to have an interpreter there. And so sometimes it's not functionally equivalent. There's a big challenge there for the community. And you mentioned, Eric, that the governor's press conferences about the pandemic have had sign language interpreters there. And this pandemic has perhaps in some ways served as a reminder of the importance of accessibility in society. And so as many people have watched these briefings, they've tuned into them, they've seen these interpreters standing alongside the governor to convey this information, this vital health information with deaf Virginians and hard of hearing Virginians. In your view, how has this pandemic perhaps brought new attention or awareness to issues related to access for people with hearing loss? I think it's great that there is a lot of attention. It's become, you know, a national phenomenon, these interpreters at press conferences. And it really feels like something I haven't seen since 1988 when we had the Deaf President Now protest at Gallaudet. At that point, we had a lot of national attention, but in the interim, there really hasn't been. Now, though, there are interpreters in all 50 states at the governor's press conferences, and I think that's great in some ways. Sometimes, though, the focus is on the interpreter, and it it forgets the people that the interpreter is serving. So it may be that people are looking to the interpreter as something neat, but they may not see that there is a deaf and hard of hearing community being served behind that. I do see a lot of media interviews, and they tend to focus on that or the barriers to accessibility or to accessible health care. Those tend to be popular topics that are happening with all the media attention. If someone wanted to learn sign language, what resources would you direct them to? Well, we do have an information packet that can identify where sign language classes are offered all over the state of Virginia. So you're welcome to contact VDVHH or actually even just look at our website and download that informational packet. Our website is www.vddhh.org. You have to understand that learning sign is does not mean that you will become proficient immediately. It's going to take time. You have to learn the basics just like any other foreign language. It takes years to become a master. Give us that web address one more time for people, please. Sure. That's www.vddhh.org. Okay, we appreciate that. Before we go, I have a few other questions for you to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. 
The first is this, we're all very busy even if we're working remotely or teleworking these days, but if you miraculously found some extra free time, what would be one hobby that you'd want to pursue, you've always wanted to try and never had a chance to do? You know, <laughs> the reality is that I have no free time, but I've always thought that as a retirement uh, hobby, I would like to own a hobby store and actually play with all the toys. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And the next question, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that years from now you could anticipate your final day on Earth, what would your last meal be? That I would have to say it is oven spaghetti. Okay, oven baked that spaghetti. Is, yeah, it is just delicious. Okay, that's a good choice. And then finally, and this is a question that we ask uh, all of our guests on the podcast, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book and one movie would you want to take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your two entertainment survival kit picks? Well, I'm stranded on a desert island. I would say the book, I would like to have Robinson Crusoe. And for a movie, I will take uh, Lord of the Flies. Whoever holds the conch gets to speak. That's the rule. Is this like assembly, sir? Yeah. Except anybody who wants to speak gets to. But not before they get the conch. Right. Okay. Those are both uh, island-inspired uh, books, although Lord of the Flies is a little bit darker in tone. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there was a 1990 movie that was pretty dark, you're right. I, I remember that. Well, listen, that's going to uh, bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And again, we want to thank our guest, Eric Raff, who is with the Virginia Department for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. We want to thank him for being with us today. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I just want to say it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And please do make sure to check out our website, 